Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 60 of With Heart and Wonder. I've got to say that I am truly elated to share today's episode with you. In this episode, I'm joined by Dipshika Sairam, and we cover a lot of ground. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Dipshika. She is a writer, speaker, activator, priestess, a spiritual mentor, guiding you to walk back the path to wholeness and remember who you really are. We talk about in this episode a recent transition that she went through in her own life and in her career, and we get into some of the limiting beliefs, the conditioning, as well as the fear and the terror that can come up when we are listening to the call of the soul and making big changes in our lives. We talk about the dream career myth, and we talk about how to really nurture a relationship with your own intuition and to really honor that voice that is within you. Welcome, Deepshika. I am just so thrilled to have you here today. I've been looking forward to this episode with you ever since we started talking about it. And I feel like it is going to be so powerful because I know that there are a lot of people in this community who are feeling a call for something more in their lives. And I think that your journey and especially the events of late offer a lot of really beautiful insights into how we can honor our whole selves as we make decisions to live lives that feel most aligned with like our deep essence and our soul. Um, and so I reached out to you after you had written this incredible three-part series at the beginning of 2022, talking about why you were making a shift in your life. And it was so beautifully written. And each of the emails had this kind of question to sit with. Um, and it was so impactful. And I would love for you to just tell us the story of what led you to write that three-part email series. What was happening in your life what was the shift that you were experiencing oh so we're driving straight into it huh <laughs> yeah right right into it <laughs> right into it all right let's do it first of all thank you so much for having me Megan it's such a joy uh chatting and um you know thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, make my voice available to your people so really really grateful for that so um well, uh, where do I begin? So the three-part email series um, came out as this deep desire to kind of process what I had gone through in the in the last year uh, for myself. I kind of put put everything in perspective. I think hindsight is twenty twenty, and when you are in it, you can't see the forest from the trees. But when you are out of it. I feel as humans, it is our responsibility to not only process it for ourselves, but when we when we use our voice. Um, yes. And when I say our voice, I, I not only mean 
you know, a podcast or a YouTube video or writing, but I also mean like art or poems or any way, like, you know, any way you would like to use your voice, but it kind of becomes, I think, our responsibility to share it with others. Um, my purpose, Megan, on this earth, as I know for now, sure, is to really teach what I'm experiencing. Like I, yes, you know, all of, that I've taken in, all that I've learned, it is to uh, to share that. So the three-part email series was just, you know, um, a way for me to share with the people around me and to also, in writing process, everything that happened in the past year or so, so that I can make sense of it. And then yes. my people, my audience, my email list subscribers, my uh, social media followers can also make sense of what's happening. And I do know that, um, you know, the, the process and, you know, it's kind of like an unbecoming process, right? It's, you know, you shed the layers of who you, you thought that you should be and you kind of become this highest version of yourself. This process is something that we are all being called towards. There's a voice inside of us that calls us to it. However, we are so fearful and we are so scared for good reason not to step into that because of our conditioning, because of the culture, because of so many things. And so when I share my experience of someone who sat with the terror of all of it and you know, kind of way my, made my way out of it, I am giving others not only just the permission, but also a little bit of an inspiration. So I kind of see myself as this guide who has walked this path and all I can do is just turn back and not leave anyone behind if they are willing to step into this journey of becoming who they are always meant to be. If I can help people come across without you know, a lot of scratches, of course you will get injured and you will fall and that is a part of the journey and that is a part of the process. But if I can help you come out of it in one piece and not get lost in in the journey, then um, I think that's that's what uh, calls me to it. So that's that's where it. I know I'm kind of speaking in like code language, and I'm sure you will get into I, it I, right I, now. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it though, and I um like what really I think is so beautiful is this idea, and it struck me when you used the word like terror and that mm-hmm. that was you know perhaps an emotion that you were experiencing mm-hmm. um and that you moved through it mm-hmm. and I think that that is such a, a powerful and inspiring thing sharing your story being a guide being that light being that inspiration but also normalizing and humanizing for anyone who is still in that place of terror mm-hmm. that like it there is something on the other side you right. know and that right. it is it's coming up for a reason there's something for us to move through um and yeah so i got really excited mm-hmm. when i was reading your email series because at the time i was thinking a lot about kind of this myth, I think, that exists for a lot of us about the dream career and that, you mm-hmm. know, we like have a, we, that we just have to find our right career and then mm-hmm. we're like set for life. Like once mm-hmm. we do the work, it's done. Mm-hmm. And I think when we take a step back, a lot of us can recognize the fallacy in that and the fact that like no like we're always evolving as as mm-hmm. as human beings we're always ev- evolving into like you say the we're getting through those layers and coming closer to ourselves and right. so it would make sense that what we do in this world mm-hmm. both in a career and in other capacities is mm-hmm. also going to evolve um, really. but can we talk a little bit about your journey because you had built a really successful mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. as um helping people with high 
high ticket sales. I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are a ton of people who were looking up to and idolizing your business as you know, what they were hoping to achieve. Um, and something just started not feeling aligned for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to talk about that because I think I, I, again, I think just normalizing this idea that like we might not have one dream career, but there right. could be many in our right. lives. Absolutely. And I think if I can leave, uh, you know, your audience with one message that would be is to question everything, right? We, yeah. we, we, ha- we are in a time where it's not enough to know. It's not enough to read books and read blogs and listen to podcasts. It's enough to know how to implement that in our life, right? And in order to do that, you have to question everything. So let's go back to this idea of a dream career because I was stuck in it too, right? Now, where does the idea of having a dream career for life comes from? Like if you if you start digging, you'll probably you'll probably have someone in your family. In my case, it was both my parents who had one job and they had one job for their entire life. They never looked out of that job. It was not a dream job in any aspect, but it was the job they knew how to do. And um, I remember my dad getting uh, other job options, but he never took it. The idea was that you stick with one job and you do it for your entire life and you retire from it. Right. But if you start going underneath it, you will find your grandparents doing the same thing. And if you just keep peeling the layers and the layers and layers, you will go back to the factory culture where um, you know the the industrialists and the people who were holding the strings to the people they wanted uh, you to work in one job right they wanted a factory worker son to become a factory worker a coal miner son to become a coal miner right they needed that they needed those people to be in the same job so that they can be kind of be uh, debted to the the person who held the strings who held the purse strings right so this idea of having a dream job just comes come, uh, keeps coming down from generations to generations to generations. And now here we are in an, in an era where there are so many opportunities. You can be whoever you want to be. You can be, a, um, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be an actor, you can be a model, you can be a singer, you can be anyone. However, the conditioning still remains in us that if I pick one thing, then I have to stick with it. Right. So I would just like for everyone to understand this concept of where does the idea of a dream job come from? And if you see everything in our world, the other thing that I would love for your audience to pick up is anything that you need to learn from. You can learn it from our nature. Everything. Right. Yeah. About abundance, about, um, you know, philosophy, everything. You can just learn it from our nature. And if you look around us, everything evolves and changes. Right. Go back to the town where you lived when you were a kid. You would see that town has evolved. So why not us? Humans have evolved so much. I mean, even 10 years ago, you and I would not be talking like this. No, we wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So why not our dream career, dream role? Who says that we need to have only one thing and then we need to stick to that one thing? So that's one thing. Um, You know, there's there's a time for everything. We all know what our uh, kind of like zone of competence is, but we also all have a zone of genius or something that our soul wants us to do. Now, that, that that is one concept. The other concept is that your soul probably knows what you what your dream career, and I wouldn't even call it a dream career, but your soul journey is, right? It's probably given you hints. It's probably given you a lot of, um, you know, these little, little calls 
that do this, go there, become that, you know, take, take a hiatus, take a gap year. However, we are so involved or we are so plugged in into this 3D matrix where we know that if we do this, we're going to get money and we're going to get paid and we can pay our bills and then we can grow our business and we can buy a big house and we can buy a car. And there are some things which helps us get that faster and there's some things which helps us get get it. Um, like there, there, there are some things that your has no relation to you know, um, a big house or a, or a big car. It only has a relation to what is the adventure my soul wants to take, right? So yes. for me, it was kind of like a combination of all those things. So there was a point in my life when I started my business that that is all I knew. And I thought that was my zone of genius. I thought that was what I was good at. And I was good at it. I was really good at marketing and teaching people how to sell high ticket. But Megan, if I am being completely honest, it was month two of my business, and I knew that this is a part that I needed to explore in my life. I knew yeah. that I needed to go on this journey and somehow bring it into my work. And I kept ignoring that call. And I tried to do it under the garb of business mentorship or in the garb of business strategy, but it never felt right to me. And then we all have these moments whether you're 35 years old, sometimes when you're 40, 45, 50, when you come to this moment in your life and then you start asking the big questions. Like, mm -hmm. who am I? What's my purpose? What am I doing? What is this all for? And those are the questions that I had started asking myself in the past couple of years. And I feel like everything kind of just came together. I was, you know, at the top of my game. I was doing really well. And for me, it was like, okay, I can just keep growing this from here. But what about that slight call that I keep hearing, which is asking me to go in a different direction altogether. And then, of course, the coronavirus happened, the pandemic happened that helped us look within. And that's what chaos does, right? If you look at our world right now, there's a polarity that's happening in our world, right? There are people going left, there are people going right. And when the polarity happens, it kind of starts to kind of wobble things up. And when it starts wobbling things up, there's a chaos happens. But if you look carefully at a chaos, if you look at the center point, there is so much order in it. So order comes from chaos, as we all know. Yeah. So we all need to go through that, that inner chaos in order to find out what the truth of our life is. It's not an easy, easy path. I will not say that it's been easy or it's, um, it, it, it is fearful. It is scary. But um, those are the questions, those are the big questions about who am I? What is my purpose? What is the, what is the legacy that I want to leave on this earth? Do I just want to make money and leave it and you know, buy things? Or do I want more from life? And I do believe that at some point of time, all of us sooner or later start to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. There was, that was so rich. Everything you just <laughs> shared, I think gives us so much to to feel into. And one of the things I was thinking about too, as you were speaking is that perhaps one of the reasons that we're drawn to like this idea of like a dream career or finding it, you know, like the mm -hmm. one thing um, is looking for certainty, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, a, I think, I think there's a lot to be said about how much we fear sitting in the confusion or sitting in, I know you talk about it as the void yes. and there, there is a discomfort to that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we gravitate towards 
what seems like the easier path or mm-hmm. the easier road of, of fixing ourselves to what seems predictable mm-hmm. rather than letting ourselves like really be in the messiness of it. Right. Um, yeah. D- does that resonate for you as well? It is. And if people can grab onto this concept, which is I understand it's a very hard concept to understand that there is no predictability and certainty then you you like half the battle is won now if you think about it megan there is there you you have no control over anything like we think as humans we have control over everything but if the pandemic showed you every anything it is that we had no control right like people and people who went crazy with that notion oh my god i need to have control were the ones who were holding the toilet papers and the hand sanitizer and all that they couldn't do anything so they were like i will exercise my control by holding the thing that I can control, right? However, we are always living in the present moment. There mm-hmm. is never any future and there is never any past. However, the, pres- the present moment is all we have. However, we are never in it. We are always either in the past, we are thinking with the emotions of the past, or we are in the future, right? Trying to control it. However, future doesn't exist. When you're in the future, it is still the present moment, right? It doesn't exist. So if you can grab your mind around the the fact that you have control over shit, like you don't control anything, getting into the unknown, the void, the unpredictability becomes a little bit easier. And it is only there. It is only in the unknown that you can get to see the truth and you can get to move towards, you know, what your soul really desires. The answers are not in the known world. They are not. It's like, you know, I always tell, uh, you know, my husband is a big Matrix fan. So I always quote the Matrix that we are are plugged into the Matrix. That's what it is. We are plugged into it with all our senses. However, when 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 you get out of it and we are all the one, there is no one. We are all the one in the Matrix. That's when we go into Wonderland. That's when we go into the rabbit hole. And then we try, we start to self-discover the parts about ourselves that make us us, uh, make us so whole and so um, attached to the oneness that you don't need anything else. And then you can see the truth of who you are and who are you? You're magical, you're creative, you are the divine, you are the source, you are powerful. We are always looking for answers on the outside. But if once you get into that void, you start to unravel the fact that, holy shit, like I have all the answers. Why am I looking on the outside? Why am I, what am I waiting for? I have all the answers right inside of me. And that is a very powerful feeling. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, so what I'd love to talk about though, is I think sometimes, and, and people may have experienced this, where they've gotten that glimpse of like their soul calling, and maybe they've made the really courageous and brave decision to start to bring that mm-hmm. into, to start to live that. And they may have found that in the void, but then there is that the actual like implementation and putting it into action where we might start to question mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. Um, and like where the fear kind of tries to seep in. Yeah. And I'm curious, did you experience any of that when you made this decision to absolutely. leave your business? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fear is all I, I had for months and months and months. And like I said, I had to sit with the terror of it and that fear and it's not just fear, right? It's the shame. It's yes, the shame it of 
that dream career that I was talking about. Like my dad retired with his job, my mom too. None of, nobody in my family owns a business. The shame of leaving a highly successful, it's not that, you know, I left a business that was make, not, wasn't making money. We, we were already at multiple six figures. The shame of deciding to let that go um, was huge, the guilt. And of course, you know, most of us, when we are in the void, uh, by the way, I have this framework that I kind of, when I got out of it, I was like, oh, this is what I went through. This is what it looks like. And the force is that, you know, that that terror, the fear. And uh, there are the emotions that you're feeling in that moment, but a lot of those emotions are coming from your past events, right? Coming yes. from the past memories. And one of the uh, one of the memories and the emotion that I felt all my life was unworthiness, mm-hmm. right? Was who am I to receive this? Who am I to be on this path? And who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And I had to literally sit with those emotions. However, the gift is that when you're ready to do that, then you become your own alchemist, and you begin to transmute that emotion into creative power. You begin to drive your own courage from within of you nobody is giving you that but when you sit in the terror when you look at it and of course you know there are modalities that you can use there are methods you can use meditation is is amazing for it but when you sit and you say that i am going to face you not block you out not indulge in a netflix binge or an instagram scroll or a shopping addiction but i'm going to sit with you and see you and shine a light in you till you disappear that's when it starts to unfold and it starts to transform it doesn't even go away it just transforms into something powerful right however when that goes it's literally like and you know there is i love the work of dr joe dispenza and he explains all of it very scientifically and you know when i listen to him i'm like yes like finally someone is able to explain this in a neuroscientific manner what i have gone through i mean i do a very good part of it explaining it spiritually but he does a really good part of it you know explaining it scientifically and what he says is that you are literally addicted to the emotions right so when you start to sit with your body and you say i am not going anywhere i don't know how i don't care how uncomfortable it is i don't care how long it takes I don't care what you throw at me, but I am going to sit with it unless you transform. That's when your the emotion starts to uh, transmute. However, you are now in the second stage, which I actually call it the air initiation or the forest or the fog. And that's where your body kind of sends chemical um, chemicals to your brain and that produces all those uh, inner critic voices. Who are you mm. to do this? You should try it tomorrow. It's not working. It's taking too long. You are nobody. You're too much like your mom. So that's the second stage. So that's kind of like the second monster you have to slay. And yes. you know, I always use the frame. And this came to me in a meditation when I was in this process uh, last summer. And I used to, um, I'm, I'm a visual person. So I kind of like like to visualize how everything feels to me. And that stage, the first stage, when, you, when you're sitting in the terror of it, felt to me like a tomb. It felt mm. like a cave. It felt like there was this huge void uh, and a dark, long tomb that I'm in. And I have no, like, I don't know which monster is going to creep up from where. I don't know what emotion I'm going to feel today. It was like a literal roller coaster of emotion every day. And, you know, the, the, the download that I got was that, hey, you're not in the tomb, you're in the womb. 
And, yes. and as soon as I made that shift, I literally would keep saying that to myself, I'm not in the tomb, I'm in the womb. Because if you think about it, like if you would just, you know, for listeners, close your eyes and just think about it. If you're in a tomb, it's dark and scary. And you don't, it's the unknown. It's so fucking scary. But when you're in the womb, it's still scary. But now you know that you're nurtured. Yes. Right? Now you still don't know how you're going to come out, just like in the, the tomb. You don't know when you're coming out of it. You don't know how you're going to come out of it. But you do know that you're going to be birthed. Right? And, you and then it's it. a space of creation. Exactly. And possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's the space of possibility. You, you nailed it. So when, you know that you're going to get out. But then when you get out of it, you feel like you're going to come out and see this light. But you you come out of it. And then you're in the forest. You're in the fog. So now mm. all those inner voices and the game here is, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to make the voice of your intuition louder? Or are you going to keep listening to your brain? And most people, Megan, stay stuck in the cycle of fear and doubt, fear and doubt. I literally see this whole process as an infinite, infinity symbol. And uh, the, the void and the forest are on the other one side of the infinity symbol. And people who don't get out of it are, are stuck in that circle. It mm. just round and round. And I was stuck there too. I had no, like, I didn't know how to get out. Like, I, I was so stuck there. And, you know, fear down, fear down every day. Like, it was like fighting fires every day. So, yeah, you're right. Like, that's that's what we feel, you know, that you are, that, you know, you can't do it. It's just, it's just not possible. But... In my, in my experience, it is the, the decision. It is the commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to yourself that you are not, no longer going to be um, led by the fear and the doubt. You know, I, uh, we, we got a dog last year in the summer and um, the entire, he's going to be nine months this, this month. And, I, I never wanted a dog, all dog lovers out there, I love you, but I was not a dog person at all. And I, we got it because my kid want, my kids wanted it and my, my husband wanted it, but I, I wasn't happy about having a dog. And then, um, of course, as it always is, the, the duty of, you know, training the dog fell on me. Yes. And one day I was, um, and it, it was, it was going south. It was like, Nobody had the time. I didn't have the time. Nobody had the time to train him. And he was chewing on everything. He was barking everywhere. He would run around. Nothing. And then one day I I was like, you know what? This dog is getting trained or he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And I um, I look for some knowledge, which is what we do. We look for the philosophy and the knowledge. And then we start applying it. So when you look for the knowledge and when you decide that you're in the game now, you're not going to leave unless you train this animal and the animal being your body, right? The animal being that voice, that inner critic. When you decide now you, you've become initiated, now you're an initiate. Now, how do you go from being an initiate to a master is when you implement that knowledge. So I got the knowledge and then I was like, I am not letting this dog go or do anything else unless I train this dog to what I want to do. And it took me, you know, a, a while, but uh, at the end of it, I was so consistent. I was so persistent that I trained him. And now he's, he got it. Like, the, I, I still yeah. remember the first time 
when he did something and I took an action and I was like, no, you know, you are the animal. I'm the master. You're listening to me. You Like literally my dog was like, oh my God, what happened? Like what yes. happened? Uh, and that's what your body does. That's the kind of commitment you have to make to yourself that I am not letting this go anywhere because I owe it to myself. And for me, Megan, it's always that curiosity. Of course, I still fall into the, the pattern uh, a lot of time. It's always the curiosity. I'm just curious. What is what is behind this? Yes. Is it yeah. just this? The asking questions that you right. talked about right at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Is it just the doubt and the fear? Or is there something behind it? Is there more trust? Is there surrender? Is there love behind this? I'm curious. I'm going to keep going till I find the answer. Mm. Yeah, and that is actually what this podcast with Heart and Wonder is really all about, is that sense of wonder, you know, but Ooh. that wonder from a place that that is is really soulful and that is right. deeply listening to the wisdom of the heart. I wanted to talk a little bit, um, you've shared so much that I think is, is so powerful and I love the visuals that you've shared <laughs> as, as well. Um, but I, so you were in, had this very successful business, high ticket sales, and now you have really become this guide of helping people connect with their intuition. Um, and I know that we've talked about this in a few different ways of how we can support that connection. But I would love for you to share some ideas or food for thought for anyone who knows that they maybe aren't really honoring their intuition right now or they're looking to more deeply connect with their intuition mm -hmm. what would you say to them yeah um so first thing you know our um intuition is nothing but the voice of our soul right it's the voice of our conscious and just like anything else you have to develop a relationship with with her or him you have to develop a relationship with your with your consciousness with your highest self with your soul with the seat of of the wisdom and, you know, I would like the listeners to think about what do you do when you want to develop a relationship? Yeah. Let's say if you want to have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner or, you know, want to de develop a relationship with a colleague, what are you going to do? You're going to spend some time with them. You're going mm -hmm. to listen to them, right? You're going to make sure that they feel um, respected, and they feel that you're there for them. And that's the kind of relationship that I would love for you to develop with your inner self. And I kid you not, this is the most important relationship that you can create, right? It's it's not with your kids. It's not with your spouse. This is the most important relationship we can have. Uh, it is the relationship with ourselves because when we get, get beyond that critic, that fear and develop this beautiful loving relationship, then all the other relationships just, feel so easy, right? The relationship with your mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, or, you know, your father or a coworker, they just feel so easy because you literally overcame yourself. We are our biggest critics. The things that we say to ourselves in, in when nobody's listening and nobody's around is something that we would never say to anyone else. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you think too, I find in my own life, um, so 
I'll go through moments and seasons where I'm highly connected to my intuition and there's so much guidance I'm receiving and I'm acting on that guidance and so it flows. Mm -hmm. And then there's moments of time where I am not honoring the yeah. intuition mm -hmm. and so it it doesn't flow in the same way and I think mm -hmm. there it's it makes me think of that relationship as well like if we're always like you know if we have a friend that we're constantly ignoring and like not paying attention to or doing an awful job listening to mm -hmm. like of course they're maybe not going to be showing up for us in the same way you know totally. like it is this idea of like I think that's where sometimes people get stuck is they think like, oh, well, like I am having a lot of trouble hearing my intuition or like it, it's, it's really tricky, but it's maybe because they aren't actually acting on and really honoring the wisdom that they are getting from their soul. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And you know, our soul, our soul wants, likes a couple of things. It likes adventure. It likes newness. It hates the daily ritual and the daily routine. And if you think about it, we are all stuck. We are victims of our daily routines. We have nothing yes. new happening emotionally, energetically, and physically, right? So when we are so stuck in our daily routine, feeling the emotions of the past, getting triggered by the same things, doing the same thing again and again, our soul goes to sleep. Our soul's whole agenda is to go back to source, is to go back to that oneness, that wholeness, the divine, and tell it the adventures that it has had on its way. That is its only agenda. And if you're not taking your soul on an adventure, it goes to sleep. It's like nobody's yeah. listening around here. I'm going to go to sleep. She's only listening to the emotion, the thing that happened to her like 15 years ago, 20 years ago on the playground. She's still stuck there. So I'll wake up when she comes back in the present moment and she's ready to honor me. Yeah. Yeah. So take your soul on an adventure. Listen to it. Have some silence time and spend some time with her. How do you spend time with your with your soul? By by going in. How do you go in? By by you know reducing all um, inputs, any stimulation that's coming noise. from the yeah, the, the phone, the you know the senses. So my favorite thing is meditation. I do. I meditate almost every day. In fact, every day or not almost. I make sure that I meditate every day, if not two times a day, at least once a day. And when I meditate, I put blindfolds on. I put earphones on. I make sure that there is no external stimulation coming in because that is my date with my soul. That yeah. is my time when she gets to come up and she gets to tell me what to do. How do I live my life? Because I know whenever I listen to her, it's not going to be the easiest path because it likes adventure, right? Yes. Adventure is never on an easy path, but it's going to be the most fulfilling path. Yes, and one thing yes. that people get a little, this is something that I would like to address. Um, you know, I've been talking a lot about intuition lately. And my sense is that people think if they follow their intuition, everything is going to pan out exactly perfectly, right? The mm. money is going to come in, the perfect role is going to come in, the perfect partner is going to come in. That's not the case. Like I said, soul wants adventure. And how do you practice your intuition? Just like you practice a skill. So when you started driving or riding a bike or swimming or playing the banjo or whatever it was, you made mistakes. When you started playing the guitar in, in high school, your parents had to leave the house or put earplugs in. It was so bad, <laughs> right? But it's through trial and error that we learn how to live with our intuition. In fact, I would say it's not the moments when you followed your intuition and it turned out really perfect, but it's those moments when you thought you were following your intuition 
and you actually were listening to the fear you actually were listening to the doubt and it it was just shit splattering everywhere those are the moments that teach you the most important lesson about intuition that is when you can think about oh yeah she was saying that and i listened to it just a very simple yes. example megan last sunday not the one that's gone by the one before that uh, my husband was in india i was alone with my kids here in the united states me and uh, me my kids my dog i was going to take my kids out for pizza and i told them i am taking cleo my dog for a walk i'm going to come back and then we're going to go for pizza I'm taking for a walk i come back i find my kids on the front yard and i said did you lock the door behind you and they were like yes mama we did i was like great i don't have the keys so we were locked out and i was really really angry and was frustrated it was a sunday i didn't have my phone i didn't have my car keys i didn't have my keys long story short when everything happened 250 dollars down everything you know it turned out turned out we learned lessons from it that's when i remembered oh when i was leaving i had this slight voice inside of me that said deep she got take the keys yes and yes. i was like oh but i'm just going out for 2 seconds Yeah. Right? So those are the moments when you'll be like, "Oh, that's how she speaks to me." Mhm. Next time I'm going to pay attention. So everything that happens in our environment, it signals us, it gives us feedback of whether we are going the right way or whether we're going the wrong way. When you're going the wrong way, the correct thing is to say, "All right, I'm going to make a change, not to just sit and say, "I can never do this right and I should give up right now." that's when you have become the servant and your body and your brain has become the master. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that you shared that <laughs> that story that happened um the the last weekend. I I had that actually happening a lot to me in January. <laughs> It was like almost every day there was something where oh, I was no. like, "Oh shoot. I like I like I had that voice inside of me and I just like and it was little things like something I almost said to someone or some you know and and it was such a wake up call for me like you said this powerful moment of teaching of like I I need to be slowing down so that I am actually honoring these messages that I am receiving and um and treating them with like the respect they deserve in some way you know because um it definitely um i that definitely really resonates with me i know that you talked about meditation and i also know um we were chatting just before that you actually have um a meditation that is free and available for people and i it's so beautiful um I think the title is Connect with the Field of Infinite Possibilities mm-hmm. and Create the Future You Want and I I love the language of possibilities mm-hmm. um and 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 reminding myself that there are infinite possibilities. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about this meditation? Yeah, absolutely. So just a quickly, you know, preview of uh, this framework that I developed once I was, you know, once I walked this path of, you know, unbecoming and self-discovery. and i discovered that there were four initiations that i went through and most people go through the first one is water initiation that's when you know we uh, are faced with all those fears that's when you are in the void we talked about that and every initiation comes with a shadow and a gift and the shadow in the first initiation of course is your fear your your emotions but the gift is the transmutation the alchemy of those emotions 
once you're out of there, you think you're going to get out, but you land in the forest. Like I said, I call it the mm. air initiation because that's where you hear the doubt, the, the inner critique. And the gift here is learning the skill of intuition, you know, strengthening our inner voice. And like we were discussing, people stay stuck in it, but there comes, if you, if you envision an infinity symbol, the water and the air are on the right side of the infinity. And when you, when you go round, you reach the zero point, right? You reach the middle of the infinity symbol. And I, this is a fulcrum point. This is the point of pivot. And this is the point where you have to decide whether you're going to crumble and stay stuck in that cycle, or you're going to pivot. So when you pivot, you are now in the quantum field. And the quantum field is this invisible field of energy that is around every one of us. It's around the universe, it's around the space, it's around Earth, right? And in that field, all possibilities exist because everything is happening in the, in the, in the now there. There's no past, there's no future, there's no time, there's no space. Everything is happening there. And of course, once you get out of that um, you know, quantum field, you're now back to wholeness. You're now back to your, you're literally merged with that soul, with that higher self. So the meditation is literally meant for that stage where you will connect to the field of all possibilities. So the meditation mm -hmm. is kind of like an energetic activation where, and I do a lot of chakra work, Megan, because uh, um, all this is, like I said, you know, my goal is to really show people that the power of, um, you know, getting in touch with your highest self and getting in touch with that divine quality of yours lies within you. It's not with a psychic. It's not yes. with an Akashic record, you know, reader. It's not with a business coach. It's not with a life coach. You have access to it. And our, our energy centers, our chakras, are they're meant for that. They're meant for moving the energy up in our body. And as we know, when it reaches a heart center, it amplifies it into yes. our third eye and the crown chakra and that's where you have access to download you have access to different dimensions so um you know so uh, in the energetic activation we kind of act we activate your heart chakra which is the chakra of love and we activate solar plexus which is the chakra of all manifestations and we activate that and we connect to your future self and we call those possibilities towards you so um I would love for your listeners to try it. Um, many of um, my readers have tried it and they really had some profound downloads. They had some profound experiences uh, when they did it. Uh, and I would recommend it's not a one-time thing. Do it as many times as you want. Do it every day. Do it as many times. The more you do it, the more you connect with the infinite possibilities. Oh, amazing. What a potent and beautiful gift and offering and we'll be sure to include the link for that in you, the episode description yeah um i always ask people at the end i know we're weaving our way to the end of the conversation but is there anything on your heart as we kind of wrap up our episode together that you'd like to share or leave us with sure i mean i would again you know say the same thing that we are more powerful than we think we are more unbounded than we know and the power to connect um with our divine nature is in us it, it lies in each one of us and once we can you know shed all those layers of all the conditioning the trauma the emotion the shoulds of how we have been told that we should be in this world um, then we have access to that wisdom to that to that oneness and like I said before, it is it is the most powerful feeling ever. It is, and power not in the sense of I have power, so I am more powerful than you, 
but power in the sense of oh my god i feel so much love and i feel connected to everybody and everyone and um you know of course you you have to keep going back to it and uh, when i have when i have ever experienced that connectedness to people to everything i'm just a much better person to be around to be honestly like you know people have said to me oh my god i can't believe you have so much you know energy around you like i'm i'm attracted towards your energy like even like groups of people and that's the kind of magnetism you start to uh, develop with you because you are now attracting people who uh, want to be attracted to that quality of divinity basically yeah all that is is you gave us so many beautiful i'm a really visual thinker and so many beautiful images to hold on to and to sit with and to get curious about and i'm just so grateful for all of the wisdom that you shared and it's it just strikes me how much it is embodied wisdom in the sense that it is it has been the story that you are living and as you spoke about at the very beginning of the episode um that you're now so dedicated to sharing um and i'm grateful for all that you're doing in the world in helping um helping others connect with with their soul and with that wisdom that is within them so thank you for being here thank you so much megan thank you for having me That's a wrap on today's podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed this interview. I have to say that when I was listening back to it and editing, I took so many notes. There were so many beautiful little tidbits that really spoke to my soul. So I hope that you have the same experience. As we talked about in the episode, um, there is a free energy activation to tune into infinite possibilities that you can access and explore Deep Shika's work in this embodied way to really get a feel for it and the possibilities within you. You'll find that link in the episode description. Until we meet again, keep living with heart and wonder.